episode 378, how to resolve the conflicts in your relationships. Emily Brenner. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. Hi, I'm Adam Lewis Walker, host of Awaken Your Alpha, the number one men's development podcast that is also a best-selling book, Awaken Your Alpha, Tows and Tactics to Thrive. Please do check these out. If you like the podcast, you will love the book. The book is the best of the best, and it's available on Amazon. The tactics that people use to get out of the tight spots, but also they use, that they continue to use to then go on to thrive. This episode is sponsored by The Arena, men's only membership community that really will enhance all and everything you're doing. Awaken Your Alpha outlines an effective model to help you identify, isolate, and address the differences between the man you are and the man you want to be. That's John Romanello, New York Times bestselling author of Engineering the Alpha. So if you want to dig deeper into the effective model, philosophy, and strategies that will enhance your life and really take everything to the next level, and ultimately, it's that that mindset and philosophy to fulfillment and the art of living, that's mental toughness and strength going forward as a man. The arena, stepping into the arena was what it's all about. I've got resources that I have accumulated over the years that have been held in my vault. That is going to be accessible and created to be the most efficient way for you. And I have weekly trainings, Q&As, drop-in office hours, expert masterclasses. This is going to be 10x the value. And for the founding members, please do go and check this out. This is a huge opportunity to get in at the ground floor. And for those who are listening to this slightly later, there still may be the opportunity to get in at the founding members investment, dependent on how many people jump on this and how quickly we get to certain membership markers. If you're interested in this, please do jump on it over now. Take advantage. Click on the link. That's ayalpha.com forward slash arena. I've given away for the first time 10 alpha laws of power to have more power in this year in your life and all and everything you can do. So head over there, grab your free copy of that. And I really designed this to be an absolute no-brainer. This is the best investment that there has ever been to work directly with me in this community. Get to the podcast. Right, this week we've got a really interesting mix. We have the radical rabbi on, and that's really what you get when you mix a divorce lawyer, a psychologist, and a rabbi. And we're going to talk all about conflict resolution in relationships. So, yeah, I'm excited to jump into this. We've got Emily Brenner on the line. So, firstly, Emily, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? I am. Awesome. So, that was a very brief introduction by me. Is there anything you'd like to add, highlight? What are you all about at the moment? Well... I have decided to combine my three disciplines. I always say that when people would come to me in my law office, they would come to me to be a warrior for them. And I would listen to their story and I would think, God, they need the radical rabbi because <laughs> there's just so much that you can do as a lawyer to solve a person's problem. So that is kind of a bio piece and also a philosophy piece, but uh, that's part of what I'm all about. Yeah. So how long have you been? Tell us a little bit about your origins. Where are you originally from? Where are you speaking to us from today? And, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about how long you've been a divorce lawyer and how you got into that. <laughs> so I was born like into the 1950s conservative Jewish world of New York City. Mm -hmm. And in those days, women did not become rabbis, they did not become lawyers, and they did not become psychologists. They became mothers, which I also became. <laughs> and um, 
And, you know, so my journey has been a long journey through not only becoming a woman rabbi, which is very different and interesting, but also through coming up in the ranks as a lawyer. I, I was the 14th woman in the United States to be named to the National Boards of Trial Advocacy. Yep. There's some proper and alpha woman stats coming out now. I like this. <laughs> there are. There are yeah. some alpha woman stats. And I was blackballed. Oh, um, oh all kinds of things. I yeah. have a really interesting and juicy life, but <laughs> I can't do it all within the span of our no. interview. But let me say this, that my, I am calling from now. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and I was born in the United States. I've lived in many different countries and, um, I think sometimes many different planets. Um, <laughs> that was a joke by the way, even though I come from the spiritual side. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm 66 years old, so I've been around the block a few times. These are all impressive stats, but who helped awaken your alpha? Was there, it's almost like the Yoda question as well. I'm sure there's many, <laughs> but is, is there one or two key figures? So I had a, a very horrible thing happened. I've had a number of very horrible things happen in my life mm -hmm. to the extent that, you know, we take away the blessing aspect that we can find in it afterwards, but very painful things. And one of them was that my law partner of many years, uh, committed a very heinous murder. Oh my goodness. And, yeah, his wife. And it was uh, conjectured by a number of people that initially the person who was going to be the target was me. And what? It, Tell us a little bit, just a little bit of sort of the, the, the pre-story there. All right. So I had a, a personal injury law practice. I was a trial lawyer for many years. And I had a partner that was from my study group in law school. Mm -hmm. And he was, um, he worked on white collar crime and he was very, very clever. And he and I formed a, an association of independent professionals. So we advertised as a group and we had a, a very, a, quite a nice, very successful practice. And, um, I kind of wasn't paying attention to him. I didn't worry about him. And, you know, he'd come in with things to sign and I, I would sign them. I didn't even look at them. Anyway, uh, one day when I was, uh, I think I was about five months pregnant with my third son, um, my then husband knocked on the door to where I was getting dressed and said, hey, Em, don't and said his name, don't they live on this and this street? Do you know that she was just murdered in cold blood? And I said, what? And it was a horror. It wasn't just a murder. It was a horrible murder. Oh my goodness. And it was a horrible shock. And, you know, I was left having to hold the bag for the firm. And for any of your, you know, alpha people out there, I mean, let me tell you, that's not an omega. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it's like, that's really bad. And as yeah. a law firm, it's like, whoa, what's going on? Do we need to turn over our hard drives to everybody? What oh, yeah. That, oh, my this? goodness. Yeah. We had we evidence that our drives yeah. had been tampered. I'm sorry. So, yeah, no, I was just going to say normal rules don't apply when something like that out of the ordinary happens. And I mean, do they know why he did it? Was it premeditated? Did he just lose it i mean you don't have to go into too much details but what what's what happened what, what on earth happened <laughs> i have my i have my own theories about it but i i think it was a 
an ill-conceived plan gone wrong. Oh my goodness. But because I, I just, to this day, I, I cannot accept that this person that I knew had it in him to do it. Yeah. Did. But, but there's a lot of evidence that I think it was financially motivated. Um, and I think, you know, whatever it is, all I can say is uh, he's in jail mm. and will be forever. But there was a lot of evidence that he was involved in a lot of criminal activity. I have no independent verification of any yeah. of it. Um, all I know is that I was his law partner and I was left with the mess of a lifetime. And, you know, I did what a lot of people do who have an alpha mm -hmm. that, you know, is, is inside that works. My alpha awoke, mm -hmm. took over. And I had my nervous breakdown afterwards. <laughs> you got to jump down first, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm, ser yeah. I'm serious. And yeah, that's what I happens. We go from alpha to pfft, the, the abyss, you know, mm -hmm. um, sometimes because the adrenaline at one point has to stop pumping or you're going to explode. And so, you know, we may be the first law firm in history that ever called the IRS and asked for an audit. You know, we made, you know, we wanted to see what was going in our books. Were they cooked? You know, were they, were yeah. they what's going on? And so I, I went through all of that and I thought I was doing great. And uh, then one day I was in court doing, uh, you know, regular trial. And all of a sudden I, I couldn't understand anything that anybody was saying. And I started spinning and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And bottom line is I had just a really amazing nervous breakdown i couldn't talk for what, so what did they take you into court for in the end or did you, did you, would you even what know did they take me into court were you into court or you were just in court as for evidence for your firm or for, for obviously the your partner what happened to him or oh when i was in court and i had the breakdown yeah no it was a regular trial, in oh, my just a regular trial. no when i when i was taken into court for that yeah. it was in federal court and it was really wild i mean i got picked up by you know, uh, like unmarked cars and driven to a special secret entrance in the federal courthouse and went upstairs to testify like before the grand jury it was really, really scary, really scary. And it was, and, and it was hard because I'll say this, um, and don't, don't get me wrong, you know, you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. What happens when you just don't know the truth mm. to testify to? You know, like, I don't know. You can interpret people's behaviors, like in retrospect, you can say, oh, okay, that was a little weird. Or you could just say, oh, okay, well, that was just how he is. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's like, we all run the risk of hindsight, you know, saying, I should have known better. I should have done this. I should have done that. And it, it doesn't really... It doesn't, it's not helpful. I yeah. mean, it's helpful a little bit if there's something to learn to become better, you know, to do better if such a thing happens in the future. The likelihood that another partner of mine will murder their wife in cold blood is hopefully very low, Adam. I mean, so yeah. knowing exactly what to do in that circumstance is not necessarily something I need, but the resilience yeah. that came out of it is the point. Yeah, and that's something that I think everyone can relate to. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, talk to us very briefly about, you said you had that, you know, spectacular breakdown when you're pretty much in court um, doing, doing your thing. Talk to us about that. And um, obviously that sounds a bit like your rock bottom. It may, I mean, you may, there may be other times. Was that the time when you really was kind of 
had to claw yourself back from. Is that really the, the yeah? Yes, that was a very very bad time. And I, as I said, I couldn't talk. I, I got very depressed. Um, well, I called it an existential crisis. Hmm. My psychiatrist called it depressed. I still think it was an existential crisis, but um, you know that's up for debate. <laughs> but. You know, it was like, how, how could something like this happen? How could a person who's handsome and healthy and has a beautiful family and a beautiful career and, you know, money and respect, yeah. how does that happen? What happens to a person that could turn them in that direction or make them so not able to understand the value of the life that they already have? You know, and, and that was a, a profound, profound existential question to me. What motivates us? What's there? And mm. what was motivating me? And when I hit my very, very bottom, um, I don't know if any of the other listeners have ever been there. The way I know that it was the very bottom was because I wasn't sure if I could get up from it. Yeah, I really wasn't even sure if I wanted to get up from it. It's kind of like that place where you, you look out and you're really looking into the abyss, you know, do I want to jump? And at that point, I feel and have always felt that something lifted me up. I felt that there was something, something beyond me that lifted me up, that said, there's a, there's a reason for this. You know, you have to live. And part of it is, of course, I have children, and I love my children so much. How many children do you have? I have four. Oh, nice. And three <laughs> grandchildren. Wow. Four, bo four boys. That's a lot of boys. You know, that's like <laughs> 16 combinations of people that can be beating each other up. Um, so, yeah. Do you have, do you have brothers also? I, I have got one brother, and I've got, I've got two sons myself. So, yeah. Uh, so, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Multiply <laughs> your son. Multiply your sons by a factor of two, and you've got. <laughs> but um, I think we've done it too, Jess. <laughs> you know, they're they're yeah. great. Well, I, you know, but anyway, <laughs> so, you know, I, I had to find my way, and where I found my way was uh, because I believed that it was an existential crisis, was really seeking spiritual help, and I started uh, at that point into contemplative Judaism which I had never been involved with before, which was kind of the, you know, West Coast, uh, you know, meditational, mm -hmm. you know, centering prayer type of uh, stuff. Although I have a, a background in Hasidic Judaism, that's the community that I was in. I never really got into the, the real spirituality or, or what I would say psychologized spirituality. Yeah before. And when I did, I started to heal so much so that my psychiatrist said, my God, what are you doing? And can I, can I share this with my husband? Because he's a French philosopher, yeah. you know, and blah, blah. So I started doing that. And I thought, you know, I would like to share this with other people. I would like to share this. And so I went to see about becoming a rabbinic pastor. I thought that um, I would, you know, I'd like to try to put it together with counseling psychology yeah. and being a rabbinic pastor to teach other people how to do this. And it, and isn't that the way it is? You know, yeah. you're here when you decide that you're going to use your pain to help someone else, then Definitely. it becomes a gift instead of a curse. So I, um, I, I went, like, it's just a, you know, such a unique combination. 
That's what caught my attention as well. It's a great combination. It is <laughs> such a great combination. So I went, so listen, this is kind of funny. I went to um, the interview for my rabbinical pastor school and the interview is a week long process. Um, or it was at that point and, and a lot of things. And, and at some point, the head of the rabbinical school came and said to me, everyone on the admissions committee wants to know why you didn't apply to be a rabbi. And I said, I, because I, I could never be a rabbi, never. Mm -hmm. She said, why? And I thought about it for a minute. And I said, well, if I ever sent somebody down the wrong path, I would feel responsible. And I don't know if I could take on that responsibility. She said, yeah, you know, that's a rabbi's answer. You're in the <laughs> rabbinical school. And so I went into the rabbinical school. But meanwhile, I really wanted to learn how to psychologize all of this. Mm -hmm. So in Atlanta, Georgia, there was a fantastic Christian school, very, very religious Christian school. Bottom line is Jesus and I are the only two Jews they ever let in there. <laughs> and it was, it was so exciting, I have to tell you. And that really put me on the current journey, because my combination is so unique, not just the rabbi, but the counseling psychology also came out of studying with Christian healers so that I have what I call a radical faith basis to what I do. Awesome. It has nothing to do with your religion. Yeah. Well, that's what I like. That's why I like to hear from all people's beliefs and, you know, and, and take it all in. I think we've all got value. And this is what I really want to get your opinion on, you know, conflict, conflict, even resolution. And I know we want to talk about that, but you know, your story was so interesting. I just want to dig into that. But I mean, conflict resolution, we, I mean, give us some key points. And from your experiences, what are some of the, the real mistakes people make and just some advice you can offer around that whole concept? Okay, the biggest mistake that a, that a person can make is think that you can resolve conflict by getting someone outside yourself to change the behavior of the other person with whom you have conflict. For example, you have a really terrible ex who's making your life a misery and interfering with custody and blah, 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 and you are going to go to a lawyer and pay tons of money to hold them in contempt. Mm -hmm. It's not going to stop the behavior. It's not going to fix the problem. Okay. The place you have to go to fix the problem is inside yourself. You have to address your triggers and learn how to disengage from the, from the conflict and what to do. So um, I want to I say this. Um, there's this little tiny place in your brain. It's a little almond-shaped thing called the amygdala. Mm -hmm. You've probably heard of it because mm -hmm. all alpha people have theirs wide awake. And... <laughs> What the amygdala can't do is tell the difference between a nasty email and a Tyrannosaurus Rex chasing you to be its lunch, okay? <laughs> Once amygdala senses danger, which it does at the slightest whiff, it starts pumping stress hormones all over us and it hijacks our brain. So when somebody, when you're in what Goldman calls a amygdala hijack, mm -hmm. You can't think. So if people tell you, oh, just don't drink if you're an alcoholic or, oh, well, just don't get into it with him or her, you know, that's great advice or learn to be nice. That's great advice. The problem is you can't do it. You can't. You physically can't do it. So I, it would take a long time to explain. I won't, but I, I got into, uh, I, I, I really developed a program based first well, it's really based on five steps that 
God gave the Jewish people, or the, at that time, the Israelites, when they come to the sea. And they look at the sea and they say, ye gods, we're going to drown. And they look back and they see all of Egypt coming at them. And they say, what? Were there not enough graves in Egypt? Did you take us out here to die? And God gives them a five-step plan. And it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. So I took that and I added my law, psychology, negotiation strategy, because I've been doing negotiation for a long time. Awesome. And- I was going to say, can we, can we get them five steps? Yeah, we can get those five steps. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you that I boiled the, the high conflict into four steps. And I'll oh, tell you what the better. four steps are. It's even <laughs> yeah, better. Listen to this. D-A-M-N. Damn. That's what you say instead of. <laughs> I remember this I, when we met. Right? I damn. Yep. And it stands for disengage, assess, manage, nurture. Mm. Now, how does that jibe with five of God's steps? So God's steps are stop running around like a chicken without a head, which is a Hebrew way is that it's said. So I'm just going to translate them into English connotation. The second one is gather yourself, which is another way of saying get your inner witness going. Mm -hmm. The third one is look at what's really there. You know, you've got to separate what's really in front of you from the story you're telling yourself about it. But the twist, because God says it, is to remember that there's also a spiritual component there. That's when you've got to find your internal strength. That's where you have to awaken your alpha, is in step three, except that rabbihood, you would awaken your aleph. (laughs) (laughs) The fourth one is you got to get yourself at peace in a way uh, where you give up your, your investment in the outcome. You know, and that's a whole story in itself. And then the, the final one is do the next right thing. Yeah. So what I've done is I've, I've put that into the DAM program to teach not just how on an intellectual level, but to experientially, physically, and transactionally take people through this. Um, how do we calm the amygdala? How, what is the best inside? So there's a lot of neuroscience in it also. Yeah. It's a fascinating program. Mm. And I would suggest- Well, well yeah, I want to obviously get a little sort of some of your thoughts on a lot of people may not have like that, that crazy X or some really sort of super high conflicts going on. They're more likely, I'm, I may even be thinking of myself here, you know, little minor conflicts that, you know, if, if you're looking to get better, you, you just want to try and improve. And so there might not be major ones. I know we talk about high conflicts, but- more everyday minor things that, like you say, might trigger you and little things to improve your relationship with your spouse or significant other. Have you got any thoughts about just t- trying to minimize them? So it may not be that, you know, it's, it's something major, but why not try it? Why not improve, I should say? <laughs> okay, well, let me tell you that there are still triggers. You're still mm-hmm. getting triggered, right? Oh, yeah. And I know. So- Know, you know, yeah. we're still, we get triggered all the time. And it so happens that I'm putting, you know, my first course out and you know how courses go, you've got to, you know, be, be very niched in. Yeah. But generally those five steps work for everybody. So let me, let me put you through it. When something is bothering you a lot, there's a good chance that there's something you need that you're not getting. So you need to think about what is it? Do you have a need to be respected? Do you have a need for this? What's happening inside you? And what's the thing in you that you don't like that you're now seeing in the other person that's making you mad? Mm. Okay. So what's your need? What's that? And then, then try to remove yourself from the conflict aspect of the conflict. So I have my rules of disengagement. One is, you know, don't 
don't respond to somebody else's time. Don't let somebody else control your time. So if somebody says, you need to let me know in the next five minutes what you intend to do about this. Okay, you could reframe that to, I'm feeling really scared and I want to be in control of this. Mm. The answer isn't, you know, well, you can take your five minutes and shove it. (laughs) Your answer is better. You think I've been there before? Um, the, the, The better answer, assuming that you can calm down that amygdala, is I would like to I would like to give you a real answer, and I don't know if I can do that in five minutes. Do you think you could make space for me to just think about this? Mm-hmm. Try to deflate the conflict instead. Try to think about what's going on with the other person. What is the underlying fear? Because one thing I'll tell you, whether you're in high conflict, very high conflict with people who have real personality disorders, or just our everyday neurotic people that we are, everybody has fears that drive their behavior, underlying fears. And it's, it's a good thing to get in touch with the fear that drives your own. Are you afraid of not being respected? Are you afraid of not being heard or seen? Are you afraid of not being lovable? Are you afraid of being poor? Do you have a scarcity issue? Getting to know yourself well Mm. So that you know what drives your, I'll say dysfunctional responses or responses that you wish you didn't make that way. Okay, we won't put a fault on it. If you know what's driving you, then you can take, you can take heed. You know, you can be careful and try to make room to listen to somebody else and take the time you need to get past your own stuff and figure out how to respond well. Definitely. I love it. This, this is awesome. But I mean, we're going to start to wrap up with the alpha round now, just to get some, some real key points and some of your opinions on things. I like to start that off with, is there a particular quote um, that either you, your approach to life, how you like to live your life, or just an all-time sort of favorite quote that springs to mind? My favorite one. I love Gracie Allen's quote. I've told it to you before, but never put a period where God put a comma. <laughs> For all you alpha people, just because you've got a failure, it doesn't mean you're a failure. It's just a setback. Love it. Um, And is there a particular resource or habit that you think you'd want to share in terms of what helps you stay on the straight and narrow and keep moving forwards? Is there anything that springs to mind? Well, I'm a rabbi, so, you know, I've got to put in a plug for, you know, living a life based on intentionality of gratitude. Mm -hmm of awareness that there's a lot of stuff that's bigger than I am and of having a daily routine Mm -hmm. that reflects that. So I have not just a daily routine, a life routine. Mm -hmm. So every day I spend some time in the morning in meditation and prayer every day. And if I don't do it, I say every day, Mm -hmm. okay, let me fess up that there are those days (laughs) when I don't, (laughs) but if I don't, I really feel a difference. Yeah. Um, That, that centering in the morning and following that, rounding that out with remembering that I have a purpose um, and remembering that I'm grateful for my life and for the opportunity to see what's going to be put in front of me is so very important. It just mm-hmm. orients my day in a way that makes it a good day. Then movement is very important to me. If I don't get a couple of miles of walking in every other day 
at least of good power walking or something. If I don't work up a sweat, I start feeling depressed physically. Hey, I'm like, with you on that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Cool. Oh, and one more thing, yep. Adam. I know this is a long, longer than that. <laughs> I'm very big on keeping a Sabbath. Even if you don't want to keep it, call it a Sabbath. If you have a sacrosanct time that's dedicated to yourself and your relationships, like with your family, your loved ones, your friends, where you're just not at work mm -hmm. every week, it's easier when you believe that God will strike you dead if you don't enjoy yourself, <laughs> you know? <laughs> But, you that's know, quite, that's, wow, that's, yeah, that's quite something, yeah. you know, because it's enforced, you know, it's enforced from without. And as I say, the alpha is awakened when you're enforcing these things from within. Yeah. From your network and based on going for the interview now, is there anyone who springs to mind? Do you think they would be a great interview for the Awaken Your Alpha show? Yes. Um, one of my spiritual teachers, whose name is Rabbi Nadia Gross, who I love and think is the most evolved person I've ever met. I think she'd be great, and I'd be glad to put you in touch with her. Awesome. And what is the best way to connect with you if people want to find out more? Email me. It's rabbi at theradicalrabbi.com. I have the website, which is theradicalrabbi.com. Um, and soon enough, everybody will be uh, hearing my podcast, which surprisingly is called the radical rabbi <laughs> and all the all these links will be in the show notes emily it's been an absolute pleasure today thank you so much for taking the time i loved it and i love your podcast a big big fan adam cheers the awaken your alpha podcast live limitless this episode is sponsored by The Arena, men's only membership community. Dig deeper into the effective model, philosophy, and strategies that will enhance your life and really take everything to the next level. And ultimately, it's that mindset and philosophy to fulfillment and the art of living. That's mental toughness and strength going forward as a man. Stepping into the arena is what it's all about. This is a huge opportunity to get in at the ground floor. Head over to ayalpha.com forward slash arena. Check this out. Secure your spot, one click, be there and be a founding member. Initially, I believe this is a no-brainer. Get your free 10 Alpha Laws of Power. If you align with these, grab your spot there, founding members, both limited in terms of number and in the time and when it comes to launching. All right, speak soon. Awaken Your Alpha, Tales and Tactics to Thrive. There's also a best-selling book available all over the world through Amazon.